0: And And, uh, today on the show, um, very special show about plant spirit medicine for many reasons. Um, It's March 31st, maybe the strangest March of my life, 2020. (laughs) I always believed it would be a strange time, but not in this way. I did not think it would be strange in this way. And the reason why we do reeds and weeds is I love connecting with people and having really great intentional conversations. Um, I love talking about cannabis and I like uh, learning with my friends and um, I'm really grateful right now to have this, these great discussions the last three days, six hours of discussions with friends spread out all over the place Mm -hmm. in quarantine. We're in quarantine right now, March 31st, 2020, because of the coronavirus, and it's um, bigger than anyone could have imagined or predicted, and we're really at the beginning of it, and we know this. And so when Anna recommended this book to me, it was months ago, and I was like, oh, neat. That sounds good. I trust you. We'll do that. Um... And then we wanted it to be a big women's cannabis circle party. We were all going to get together at the basement of Fundamental Sound Co and have snacks and eat and just have a great, big, wonderful party. And I, I texted Brandy and I said, "Hey, are you okay with it being really smoky in a basement?" She's like, "Oh, yeah.") <laughs> like, <laughs> Doing. And I was, thinking, like, I was playing a little music, a little live music and just that being the greatest time. Mm. So it's, uh, and then I started reading the book a couple weeks ago and I started thinking about the earth as this organism and all of us having the same kind of spirit. And, uh, and there's actual quotes in here about like, you know, how the earth gets sick and knows how to heal itself. And so it could not have come at a better time for me to read this book. Um, Yeah. So that's where we are. Reads and weeds. A lot of times we're really joking and silly on the show. We probably will get there, but it feels, uh, (laughs) it feels more like just, we need to talk about kind of healing ourselves in the earth. So, Here's who I've got with me. I've got Anna Gamoka, who re- recommended this book, and she's the co-producer of the show, and she's wonderful and talented in every way. And um, why did you recommend this book, Ana? Bain-
1: well, I first heard about this book from a friend, and it took me forever, actually, to pick it up. Like, probably a year after she loaned it to me, I finally got around to reading it. But when I did read it, it really opened my eyes just so much more, not only to,
0: like the way I
1: love plants. I grow a lot of plants, I love gardens and I work in cannabis. So it's like perfect. Um, But this book took it like even further and all of the plants that I already had relationships with, those relationships deepened. And it also um, like changed the way that I view the world around me and also the world or like the the land that I live on and the land I'm from. Um, just being from Michigan and the local plants here. So yeah, it just fundamentally changed the way uh, that I saw things on uh, the plant world. So it's a great read.
0: Yeah. And uh, Julie Barron's back. She's done another show with us. And it was also kind of about plants healing things. It was smoke signals. And Julie, just quick check in. How are you? How's, life with two teenage daughters in quarantine
2: (laughs) well um life is different you know it's feeling very different um I think so far I'm adapting well you know there's always those moments still throughout my day of waves of fear and panic you know and um having dealt with anxiety I would say I'm I'm prepared on some levels. I have some tools already in place to work with these things. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's pretty intense. You know, I love my children. I love being home with my children. Um, So that's pretty wonderful. Um, And I'm actually still working um, some hours of the week. Um, I see clients that um, are really very often on the border of life and death. And, um working with them and that's essential. And so that, um, work is still continuing on some level.
0: Wow. I'll you. I can ask you more about that in a minute. Um, cause I forget the impact of seeing other people in distress. Like there's something comforting about seeing people right now, but even virtually seeing people in distress is, is so hard, you know, so, and Brandy, Brandy, um, first time on the show, and she is a comedian, friend of mine, and I ask so many people about coming on and reading with us, I say like, they go, oh, that sounds cool, you guys smoke weed and read books, and I go, yeah, come on, come on, (laughs) come read with us, (laughs) every once in a while, somebody says yes, but Brandy was immediately like, yes, what's the next book? Bam. I mean, <laughs> <into it. laughs> ah. oh. uh, and she's done comedy for us at Omic Medicine, and that was just so great to have her there. So tell me why you wanted to jump in on this one
3: and how Well, you're ju- I am a teacher, so, you know, I'm all, I read a lot. I'm a history teacher, so I read a lot, Ooh. and I'm always encouraging people to read. And... So you rarely meet people, for me, that like to read nowadays, especially with computers and all that kind of stuff like that. It's, it's rare that you even meet people that like to read. Mm. You know, that's how it was for me growing up. I'd be reading all these thick books. You know, I read James Clavell, Shogun, and that whole series in middle school. So oh I, it was, you know, I know I would... So it, the opportunities to talk to other readers was what interests mm-hmm. me really.
0: Yay. Mm-hmm. I'm so glad and I hope that you find more and more and more readers. I'm chock <laughs> full of them. <laughs> so how long um, but they're good friends because they're open to learning. Good readers are good friends. Mm-hmm. They're usually open-minded because they're they want to learn, you know. So um So, yeah, so uh, I would love to just hear first impressions. First impressions, either from a teacher standpoint or from a this is how my mind changed reading this. Or, yeah, yeah, start there.
3: Well, I'll go, and I hope I don't offend anyone. (laughs) (sighs) But as a historian, it's always interesting when white people come across different cultures in some way they're fascinated yeah they see the beauty they see something but in society some way somehow they always mess it up and I -hmm. think that's why we have an imbalance in the world Because I don't think enough white people are are open to what people of color have to bring to the table, even to help them. And that's why, politically, I think we are where we are, because people of color are just fed up with white liberals who get a little piece of it, but they just mess it up or something. They don't let people of color at the table, but somehow they just keep messing it up. And it, it would be nice for white people like this author to, somebody has to teach white people. Yeah. To get back in balance.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And people, I, I don't know, I think about the way I grew up. Um, I, I'm, I'm for sure that I was taught that, that to be suspicious of any kind of healing that wasn't doctors and pills. For sure. It was subtle, but I was taught like, oh she goes to some kind of witch doctor you, you know like even things like chiropractic and massage my parents were extremely suspicious and we have <laughs> we have cherokee blood like there's a picture of my great grandfather full blood cherokee wife you know so I, and and so even though knowing that that was like our direct lineage the we were completely separate from sort of native earth healings. I was separated from it and, and so and almost saw it as like a novelty, like a mm-hmm. I don't know, like like it was pretend. And it blows my mind. It blows my mind. But I think if you can well let me ask you all this. When did you start becoming like, I think I've talked to Julie about this before. Do you feel like you've always been open to sort of earthy, natural ways of healing? Or how young can you remember distinguishing between regular doctors and like a healer? Do you remember?
4: Yeah, I
1: grew up my parents were like pretty religious so even like yoga was like from the devil and like all of these things but I feel like even like in high school and like as I entered into college I have also never liked going to like the doctor I feel like I don't know I have just never liked western medicine and like that approach so I feel like anything homeopathic was a lot more appealing to me but then also just like getting results you know from like you know all sorts of different plant medicines. Um, including like cannabis and other things. But I feel like lately, especially, I've met a lot more people um, in like my spiritual journey and like my health journey that have been a lot more in tune with different plants and the way that they work and the spirits and the way like those plant spirits can help different, um, I don't know, different like illnesses um, of all kinds. So I feel like that recently has really changed. Like my, my friend Luciana didn't take daily. And it's like subtle differences, but you really do notice like on different levels, you know, how.
0: wait it's a minute, wait a minute. Luciana, Luciana musician, Luciana? No. Oh, okay. Well, so, okay. So I missed the sentence that you said right before Luciana, you were saying her especially.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, She's a friend of mine who does Reiki, so I'll go to her for, like, Reiki healing, and she does energy work, but she also has been, you know, working plant medicines and making remedies and, uh, you know, for people to take, and, like, you know, it's been really powerful.
0: Yeah, yeah. So I want to keep talking about this, but I feel like I should talk. This is the book, Plant Spirit Medicine by Elliot Cohen. And this is uh, the story, basically, the format is really loose. Like, it's his story, meandering, biographical journey of how he came to know he could be connected to plant spirits. Um, and how he ended up meeting his teachers and leaders over years and years and years and finding out about their journeys. and just sort of the casual way he talks about healing um, through dreams and through just understanding plant spirit is so wonderful. Like, um, because I, there's not like Shazam, look at my magic. It's just this matter of fact, like I see these nettles And I know that they're good for mosquito bites because the plant communicated that to me. And I, when I was reading it, my first couple of thoughts were just, I want want to be better at, I want plants to communicate with me. I want to know that I'm being communicated with, you know? I, I prayed about it. The first night I read the book, I just prayed about it. I was like, okay, we have there's that piece at the beginning where he's talking about how you have to ask the plant to help you. Mm-hmm. And then I went for this big long walk around Ipsy and I walked through Riverside park and I was just looking at every kind of, there's not much out there. <laughs> you know, it was still winter. I was like, where are mine? Which ones are mine? Cause this is where I live. And, where are they? Are they in the arb? Do I need to go a few blocks away? Are they in the backyard? Like, where are the plants that are trying to tell me something? And what am I supposed to hear, you know? So I'm curious, um, have y'all, do you, how well do you feel like you can, you know, talk to your plants? I guess.
2: I have to say, this is a new concept for me. So um, just sort of the the taking in of this concept. I mean, learning from plants is not a new concept for me, right? I I consider that sort of part of my life's work, but this is a different level of learning from plants, right? Um, This is that, like you said, the, the thought of, first of all, the plant coming to me. That was one of the things that this book stated about you know, how do you know if the plant is really good? Well, the plant's going to come to you, whether that's a dream or, you know, some type of lucid dream or something, the plant will come and, and that's the sign. And then the other part about that was that there would be places that may come to you too, like where you may find that plant that may come to you. Right? So having to like sort of really be open to that concept, I can honestly say I don't recall having well in my dreams. I actually have not had any plants yet yet come to me. And I'm really excited about this opportunity, this new way of thinking that I will be open at least to understanding potentially a place and or a plant that may come and speak to me in a dream or dreamlike state. Mm
5: -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Brandy, how about
3: you? I I just remember always growing up, you know, black folks working roots on people. You ever heard that term somebody working roots on, yeah. So that part was something I grew up with. and you know, when you walk through Gallup Park, sometimes the wind blows some of these trees. I always remember listening to that sound like Ooh. it and you know, we always had the term of somebody coming to you in their, your dream. You, we, somebody would say, "Oh, somebody visited me last." night and you know that person been dead for years, that was also very common. So this book just kind of put it all together and just showed me what it's like, again, for a white person to come into the world of people of color. Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. I, uh, I wonder, because I feel very comfortable with like remembering my dreams, investigating my dreams, feeling like my dreams are teaching me the next lesson, things like that. Mm -hmm. Um, and grew up kind of around a lot of farming and growing and things like that. But it was for a more like, I, I know if this peach is ripe, you know, I know to cut that branch off for pruning, stuff like that, you know, but not just for healing that fascinates me. So. Okay, so something I think we should say about this book, because I went into it thinking that it might be like little recipes, you know, like here's how you heal this, and you take this little Mm -hmm. group of herbs, and here's how you do this. And it's not, that's not what the book really is about at all. There's no like tincture recipes in the plant spirit medicine book. There's not, you know, tea. I mean, every once in a while they talk about boiling up something and making it a bomb. But what what he's more saying is, and I and I, I'm so glad I didn't get this book from the library because I wrote all through it. And he talks about um, just understanding that the plant is there and it has a spirit and the human is there and they need healing and that plant is meant to heal that human even if it's just putting the, the those two things in the same room or using a, a healer as a conduit to take mm-hmm. the spirit from the plant and use it to heal that person Um, and I want to know more I called the center. I called the. You know how there's information in the back. Mm-hmm. And like, Can he call us during our show today? Like, what? What do we have to do? There's. I would love to um, go to the go, You know, go follow oh, yes. someone or go on a retreat or something like mm-hmm. that. So, and then I thought it was.
1: Awesome.
0: What?
1: Oh, but also about like receiving from the plant but also I liked just like the emphasis on like giving back to the plant too and like learning how to like have that because it really is like a a give and take like a two-way street like being open to the receiving but then also like thanking the plant for what is giving you like in complete sincerity you know which I mean for some people might even be hard you know to like I don't know because I think that's where maybe some of the healing is often lost is in that like, all right, this is like for me. And it's, you know, I'm going to take this and I'm going to yeah. you know, harvest it and get what I need out of it. And then hopefully I'll be straight. I'll be, mm-hmm. <laughs> I'll be it, you know, mm-hmm. um, but a lot of that giving back to that plant as well.
0: Yeah. So have, have any of you had an experience? So with the trees, Brandy talked about the trees and the noise. But with a, knowing a certain
1: plant could heal you of things. Can't say like I've had knowing (laughs) it would heal me of like a specific thing, but I actually had like a really profound experience, like multiple experiences with irises. And it came after I read this book and I, you know, I had read it not too long before I started having these experiences, but someone drew like a card for me and it was an iris. And I did more research on my own and it was all about like being a messenger and um, a like connection between like the spirit world and heavens and down here on earth which is interesting for me um because I'm a musician and I'm an artist so I'm a communicator um and I really feel like you know there's a bigger purpose in that so then the iris being messenger and the rainbow and the connections with all that so then I went to Colorado And I was having, like, a psychedelic experience um, climbing a mountain, and I came across this, like, entire, like, path full of, like, irises all over. Just, like, hundreds of Really, like, profound for me. But it was, like, it totally fed into my experience, um, you know, from the psychedelics I was using as well. And, uh, yeah, it was just really powerful, like, taking that message in from the plant. plant. Yeah. What were you saying, Brandy?
3: That we, uh, my mother's always made dandelion wine and uh mosquito something from plants, so we always had jars of stuff made from plants mm. for as long as I could grow up. I don't know the spirit part connected to it, but that was those things worked better than things you bought from the store.
0: Oh, yeah, well, I, think I feel like I grew up with. <clears throat> Uh, we were very much a garden, you know. We had a garden, we grew fruit, we, it, you know, it was everybody was growing things, yeah. but it was for it was toil, you know what I mean? It was for food, <laughs> it was to like make pickles and can the corn, and, you know, do those kind of things, put cucumbers away or whatever. And uh, this is more. It's it's such a mystical. So so here's my example. Um, In the last, I don't know, decade or so, uh, the the way I interact with cannabis has changed so much. And one of the things I realized is I started, I don't know, about five or six years ago, thinking like, is everything greener than it used to be? (laughs) And I realized that I used to not look at plants with such wonder and now when I drive mm-hmm. down the road I almost have to pull over because I just can't even handle especially Michigan in the fall I just can't yes. even I can barely I almost like get driving off the road yes <laughs> And and it's like this overwhelming beauty that I've never seen before. And I almost felt like, has it changed or have my eyeballs changed? Like the cone receptors in my eyes, like what is different? Mm. And I started realizing that if I've smoked cannabis, then there's this communication through the plant that helps me recognize other plants. Do you know what I mean? The mm, Yes. I, that plant is teaching me to pay attention to plants. It's going, look, yes.
5: you know, oh, yes. look at
0: all this green, look at all this life. This is abundance, mm-hmm. this is moisture, this is beauty. You know, it was just like it was waving at me. And mm-hmm. I feel like that is a very, I mean, that's an ingested, breathed in kind of thing. It isn't just being in the same room, but. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But do you know what I mean? Can you guys relate? Yes, yeah. yes. absolutely. I
2: I really um I relate to that hundred percent. Because before you even said that, I was thinking cannabis is that wonderful plant that welcomed me in, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. um and showed me so much. I I my joy for cannabis, my passion for cannabis got me learning about all plant things on every level. And it opened up my awareness to how plants grow and what their needs are. And I mean, so many different things. And I totally agree with what you were saying, Shelly. Absolutely. And I want to say how thankful I am for cannabis, for um, pulling me in in that way and, and showing me so, something that, you know, I, I was not in my awareness before then.
1: I think that's so interesting you say that too because cannabis especially especially is so like kind of magical like that that mm. we use it often enough and we keep coming back to it often enough and we want to go deep and like receive those benefits. But like we can have a relationship like that with
3: Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah. It's magic it's such magic and you know what's interesting is so we're in the middle we're in the middle of a pandemic right now truly different than anything I've ever seen and I mean part of my brain goes well that you know that a lot of people die sometimes like the the, the Indonesian tsunami 200,000 people whoosh wow. right December 26th. 2000 whatever like and earthquakes and you, you know where it's devastating and also species like mm-hmm. you know something will tear through a, a crop and like 10,000 trees will be lost and mm-hmm. and when it's that it seems like other like that's over there it's contained it's not sweeping across the planet the way it is Mm -hmm. right now. Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, that bad thing happened over there, or it happened to that one small population. I'm glad I'm not in that small, tiny population that lives on the side of that mountain. Yeah. Um, But now that it's, like, kind of all over, I feel like the reason why this book is so important right now is because we remember that we're so vulnerable and that what the earth produces is really all we've got for sure you know Mm -hmm. it just is like if we don't have the water and the trees and the plants like nothing else matters
3: (laughs) at all do you remember do you remember in the book it said that we
2: don't we need the plants, but the plants don't need us. Yes, that we're, like, parasitic to the plants, yes. actually. Yeah,
0: yeah. Oh, yeah. We're That's so true. <laughs> we're, like, yeah. we're surviving on this organism, and we're acting like we're not also vulnerable organisms. Like, I think we can look at other organisms and go, that tree looks like it's that die, or... That crop looks like it's not going to make it, but like we're a crop <laughs> also <laughs> that is needing to be healed, like totally. And there's, so, okay, if you guys wrote things in your book and underlined things, feel free to get those out because I have some. Um When he's talking about right at the beginning of the book, he's, he's talking about, um, you know, he's just proposing the idea. Might it not also be worthwhile to consider our relationship to plants? The most striking thing is that we need the plants, but they don't need us. We're we, we utterly dependent on plants for fuel, shelter, clothing, medicine, the petrochemical cornucopia, and food. Even meat is made out of plants. In contrast, plant communities do just fine without people. We offer plants but suffering there is some karmic rebound here we're devastating forests and the foundations of vegetable life soil air water and solar radiation this is not only murderous but also suicidal under the circumstances the continued generosity of plants towards our species is absolutely remarkable what makes plants so generous what makes us so brutal Somewhere along the way, we lost the experience of unity. We live our lives propping up the pathetic lie that we are different from everything else. This is a lie because the same awareness shines in the heart of all things. The lie is pathetic because it dooms us to live a dry life of alienation. Whoa. (laughs) Oh my gosh. So this idea of the karmic rebound and the lie that we're mm. from other organisms, is like, I've been wrestling with this, like, what is, is it just the ego part of a human? Is that the big separation where we don't think we're in a karmic balance and imbalance with the rest of the, mm. organisms of the world? Is it that our, what's in the way or... What do you think? Why
2: do you think we can't see? Mm, that's such a good question. I definitely think ego is um, is a big part of that, but um, I don't feel like it's the whole picture. I really don't. But I don't know what the rest of that is necessarily. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's the... Um, And I think they talk about this in the book, I believe. I know I've been reading about this other places, but it's about that. Yeah, it definitely was in this book. It's about looking at things from a non-dual perspective. It's about looking things as if you're not your own separate individual, but you are part of this ecosystem, right? This ecosystem is part of this earth, is part of the...
0: Yeah, yeah. It's
2: the, it's the us. Uh, you know, the solar system, it's part of the galaxy, you know, and it extends. Out. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and this real, this human, for whatever reason, you know, and that's what you're asking, what is that reason, you know, but that separation that, that's causing a separation, um, you know, I can say that while I'm not, I know ego is part of it, that this, you know, this, human body being, you know, seeing us and them. And, um, and the book actually talks about fear, right. As being that key thing that must be necessary to keep us in the place of us, me versus them. Right. Um, is a fear reaction, right. Which is wired into our brain for survival. So it's just this very tricky, um, tricky, tricky thing. And I, work with this with patients um, and clients on a daily basis, you know, um, when we talk about decisions being based on fear and and acting out of fear, you know, through most of our lives. But I do want to say, and I know this will come up at some point, I might as well say it now, is that one of the reasons that I am such a strong supporter for working with psychedelic medicines um, is the ability of psychedelic medicines um, to help people do two things. One, um, come to a place of a of a non-dual existence. So where you see yourself as part of everything, as part of the system that's making everything up. Mm-hmm. And two, um, giving people that um the the taking out of that fear-based approach, right? And and centering and um being able to see the perspective. And there's lots of things that can do that, but does like, you know, that really well most of the time.
3: hmm Mm -hmm. how are psychedelics different
2: from uh cannabis um a traditional psychedelic works on the serotonin receptors in the brain primarily um cannabis actually works on a bunch Mm -hmm. of different receptors serotonin being one of them so Mm -hmm. um you know so it's uh, there's a debate of whether or not cannabis is psychedelic. Oh. Um, I often think it is. I've, there's no question. I've had psychedelic experiences on cannabis. For myself personally, I can say cannabis can be a psychedelic for me. Okay. It's not always. But yeah, it does also work on serotonin receptors, but just a little bit, and it works on lots of different other receptors.
3: Oh, that's interesting. hmm
0: Yeah. So, um, Brandy, Julie is the head of the Michigan Psychedelic Society. And she also is, uh, and it's an amazing group of people. If you ever want to just meet, I mean, you go to these psychedelic society meetings and everybody goes around the room is introducing themselves. And this person's like, I'm a surgeon. (laughs) And this person's like, I'm a death doula. And then the next person is it's this fascinating group of scientists and athletes and, 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 yeah, retirees I mean like it's it's completely fascinating you know medical students at the University of Michigan licensed therapists um, people who've overcome crack addictions using psychedelics I mean like it's this fascinating room full of people anytime you get together with... It sounds
2: like it.
0: It, it, is. Sounds like it. <laughs> it, it really is.
2: We don't yeah. have to go
0: when we yes.
2: can Yes, Please come. We
0: usually have regular meetings and what's interesting is <clears> um, <throat> the last one, the last big night, and I st- I don't know if you guys are doing this right now, but I'm thinking about the last three or four big gatherings that I went to before all this started. And they have this mm-hmm special glow around them. You know, I'm like, I'm thinking about the night of the decriminalized nature fundraiser. Oh, yeah. And that guy talking, what was his name? Mm. Baba one? Baba oh, Kalindi. Uh-huh. That night? And yeah, I was, do. It was, everybody just shut up and, like, listen to Baba <laughs> Kalindi. Like, whoa, he is laying down the truth right now. And then we all... Yeah hung out together and we listened to music and then we went but, and, and we shared joints at the yellow house. And it seemed, it seems to have this like buoyancy and glow around it right now. Just like, yes, absolutely. Bernie day. Anna, when I think about that Bernie day. Same oh oh yeah. Does I it,
1: know. Yeah.
0: How many thousands of us were together in the Diag that day? Right. Isn't that a wild thought? Right now we're like, not four of us or four of us can't get together right now. <laughs> that yeah. There was thousands of us. Mm. It's such a wild mm. feeling. Okay, this is what happens sometimes with Shelly. I just start wandering off. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I do want to talk about one thing in particularly in the book that was really awesome. Um, okay. One of my favorite parts was when I began reading like he has um for those you know he talks about his relationship and just from a world perspective the relationships with fire and metal and earth and wood and water um yeah, yeah. and that like when I went through that section it took me a really long time for some reason the first time I read this book uh like I had to read that section like two or three times because I just would forget and stop reading it, but I would go through one at a time and have like really powerful experiences with each one. But fire especially, and I know that um well that I'm getting I'll be getting off on a tangent. <laughs> but um oh, so yeah, so it was like winter time. At
0: the end. Those the yeah. yeah. Okay. 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 I'm with you. I'm
1: with you. Yeah. So I was reading through the fire part and I hadn't really ever just thought about like the connection with fire as like like some warmth that I really really needed in my life at the time. And I believe it was like winter time, and it was just kind of like gross out. But I specifically remember my roommate and I started like a little fire outside, just trying to shake things up. It was like before I went to work, and we had this fire, and I was like reading parts of the book, and we were just like talking about the relationship, and um, I don't know, just really like connecting with. Fire in the same way that maybe we connect with like some of the other plants we've been talking about today and for the rest of the day like I, I was so warm like I was so like I was like all day and i would so, oh like never really maybe gone through and like thought about a lot of the things that he was asking especially in the questions um as just a way to like really go deeper into the experience um with fire and with water um so that was really really cool because I had never I literally felt like on fire that day
3: it was awesome.
1: <laughs> just that symbolic representation of things in our lives too like warmth and like burning things um things that need to be released into the atmosphere,
0: you know? You know, what's interesting is I want to read it again now because I'm realizing that I would read the chapter called Fire, but I wouldn't, and then I would read the questions at the back, but I, I don't think I, so the story, so what's great about this book is he is, it's it's just full of stories of people that he's encountering and either how they were healed or how they, mm-hmm. you know, he went, he met this woman he had heard about, then she told him this story about driving along the side of the road and seeing a tree, and she needed the tree. And then she her husband just pulled over and she got it, and then she went to this store. You know, like <laughs> the way plants call the people, and he keeps meeting these people throughout his life. So there's all these little stories. I think I was so into little stories that I didn't connect them to the chapter because there's like the fire chapter, mm. and the water chapter. So back and okay. I think I need to go back and do that because um I was so interested in how he explains the healing of like here's this person and she was she smelled this way and her skin was this way. And she was, she had no energy and she, her digestion was mm-hmm. terrible. And, and then he invoked the spirit of the foothill pins You know, it's like, what? Wait, how right. did right. you know that? How did you know what that is? How did you know that was mm-hmm. her? And then what happened? Did you just think about it? Did you touch it? Did she eat it? Like, I, I want to know everything about it. And then, right. so, yeah. He also, he is sure to say, and almost every teacher in here, and this is such a wonderful thing to understand, That I think right now our culture, I feel like, is really primitive because the way we treat healing will be like, here you go, take yeah. this pill, that should do it. It's like it doesn't take into consideration all the way. So every time there's a healing in here, it's very personal. The plant's relationship yeah. is personal he he de- went so every time in the, in this book when somebody says oh tell me what you use that for and the and the box mm-hmm. is usually like oh he, that's a silly question the plant will just tell you what what you right. or and, and yeah. right yeah. Mm-hmm. so it's so this uh, reminds me of the first
2: moments that i was reading this book and i didn't know I thought it was mostly going to be about like psychedelic plans I really didn't know but um, the first thing as I started reading the book was that um, the part where at the very beginning he says um, it it's the relationship with the plant, and he says something about I made the relationship with the plant. The plant became my friend, and I asked it to offer healing to this person. Like, and he talks about you know where the scientists come and they try to find those compounds, and you know they take them to the the, the, the plants, they take them to the laboratory, and they try to. Pick them apart and say, Oh, this is the active c- compound, and put it in a pill and make money off of it when yep. it has nothing to do with that. He was like, it's that I asked my friend the plant to do a favor for me and heal this person, or you know, or to listen to what the plant's wisdom or whatever it was. And I was like, Oh, this is gonna be good. This book <laughs> this is gonna be really good with a complete mm-hmm. shift of mind, right? Yep. And Anna, uh, Anna, you were talking about that before you even started recording, where you were like, All of a sudden, now it just took my mind and completely. Sh- shifted it like yeah
1: because like kind of like and it's it's just different it's just like you see all of the roots and you see all the ways the plants are connected it's like when you learn about the mycelium network and all of a sudden you're like just thinking about how, how 30 feet below you is like it's, you know higher yeah. connection Um, so yeah it, it definitely um, shifted the way that I saw a lot of things but I think also a lot of it is being in tune enough to have a relationship and to want a relationship with the plants and with all life on that, on that deep level. It's in a way like, yeah, it's like a very intimate thing, you know? And I think that especially the second time I read it, when I was like having that experience with fire as I read it and having that experience with water, as I read the water part, that really made a difference. Um, That
3: would be good to read it when you're around the, the yeah, elements I of that chapter. Well, you know? From
1: water, I learned, you know, one of the most like profound things for me, like as an artist, which was that like that flow, like when that water begins to flow, when those tears begin to come, like that is the release, and that's the time to like catch that release and transform it uh, through art. For me personally, so like I said, I've had some really powerful experiences just from reading this book, and I like the way that he categorizes everything uh, in a really unique mm-hmm. way.
0: Hey, I- I'm so excited. Mary Walters is here. So hi, Mary. I'm so hi, excited. Mary. How are you? I'm good. Okay, let me explain how Mary is in my life, and then I'm going to let her talk for a minute because she was one of the first people that came to my mind. I, I think so about four weeks ago, I was really sick. And, and when, when I came to Mary, um, I guess I've, gosh, seen you, every so often for 10 years or so. I don't, I don't even know. Right. And What's that?
5: A lot of years. It's been a while. Yeah.
0: years. So someone suggested that I go to Mary because I, I thought I had ADD and I thought my digestion was weird. And I thought I kept falling asleep while driving and I had all these weird allergies. And it was just like, I was trying to heal big things. And my friend, Nanny Maxwell, introduced me to me and she has your little bottles of essences all lined up and I would spray them over my head and she would go, well, this is because she noticed an imbalance in me because I travel and fly so much. And I would be like, what? What do you mean? And she said, well, you go to her and she, I feel like she described you as an intuitive, clairvoyant plant healer or something and I'm like (laughs) okay I love that I believe in it and sure and so the first time I saw Mary and, and I'll actually just explain the last time because this is a very important time because I was feeling so run down and so out of sorts and stressed out and over the years I had had all these supplements just random supplements, and now I'm looking at them all on my shelf like, what do these even do? I don't know why I bought this thing that I thought was going to heal me, but I put them all in a big, huge paper bag, and I took them to Mary. Mary touches my skin, and she touches my head, and and then she goes over and she starts feeling all the herbs that she's got, all the plants that she's got in her office, drawers drawers and drawers of them. And she basically takes all these supplements and and shoves like 95% of them to the side and says, these aren't really doing anything in your body. They're just Little round pills, you know, but these things are probably helping you balance. And then, and in the last three weeks, I guess I've been doing, it's maybe in about a month now, Mary, since you gave me the new little regimen and it's. Profound, it's a profound shift in my digestion, in my rest, in my immune system. It's profound, and so when you go into Mary's office, I I said, Have you read plant spirit medicine? and she said, Probably, (laughs) but like all the walls and everything was covered with all of her books and everything about plants and healing. And she told me she had just gotten back from a journey kind of all around the country, I think, right? where you were looking at native plant species and, and learning about them. Am I, am I hearing, is that the story? Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah. So tell me about, tell me, so I hope that was a good enough introduction for you. Um, and I asked her to come on because I want to hear about your plant medicine journey.
5: Okay. Well, um, I've, I'm in love with plants. I mean, plants have been really my life. I've been, um, I'm a gardener, an herbalist. Um, I have, uh, you know, and I'm intuitive. I, I've always had conversations with plants. Um, and so, um, we have, uh, our flower essences, which are really just a result of those conversations with plants that have stepped forward and said, you know, we are here for healing, and then they tell me what they will help you with, basically. Um, but yeah, plants are, are medicines. Is the way I see it is um, plants have co-evolved with humans forever. You know, we and your medicine is always right there. It's not something that um, it, it's like the, the the plants that are growing in the cities. Are helping city people. You know, there are obviously you can't harvest plants in places that are toxic, but there are plants here that are helping us. You don't have to go to the mountaintop, you know, in a remote place to really find the medicine. The plants are always there. And I think that native peoples and earlier peoples understood that they had a much greater relationship, you know, with the plants. They weren't just a substance that they were eating or. Or um using for medicine they were um, they were really recognizing that this plant you know these plants are giving to us and and uh, the plant were recognizing that when Native Americans were planting and I, and I think many cultures when they were planting their seeds they would put it under their tongue and the reason and then plant the seed and the reason for that is not so much, to moisturize the seed, which I'm sure that helps, but you're actually giving your DNA to the plant. So the plant knows what you need. And I've heard about that. Yeah. So, so that I think that, um, you know, we really need to return to those, those um, that relationship that we have um, unfortunately just lost, you know, in so many different ways we think of plants as things, you know, we think of our herbs as things. They come in plastic bottles with, you know, and they, they don't look like medicine to us anymore. They don't look alive. And um, I say, you can take your herbs that way. I take herbs that way, you know, many times. Um, but what you want to do is you want to bless them before you take them. You want to like return to that communication. Thank the plant, ask the plant for healing. and. You know, I think that once we start to do that more, you're just going to receive so much more uh, from what, what you're getting. With the, um, with our, with the flower essences, that, that really is the... Um, a, a flower essence is not an essential oil. An essential oil is where you take, you know, thousands and thousands of plants and you um, distill them down into a tiny bit of oil. And those are very powerful, but, um, they are, but a flower essence is almost the opposite A flower essence is the energy or the spirit of the plant. And so you're using almost none of the plant. You, you basically ask permission from the plant and you, um, you know, what, how we do it. I'll, I'll just explain how we do it. Um, we travel, Um, and we've always had this way of traveling with our family where before we, um, before we take off and then again, every day we ask, where should we go? (laughs) You know, how should we get there? Which road should we take? And, and then you, you continue to ask that like throughout your travel, throughout your day, you know, so you end up in the right places and, um, We have eight children, so it's, you know, it's worked out really well because we're always ending up in the right places at the right times. And um, with the flower essences, then we've been asked to um, sometimes make an essence. And that will, you have to, you know, um, have all your stuff together. You have to go out to the place wherever they tell you to go. And then, um, and we usually don't even know what we're going to make an essence of. And they'll find the plant for us. And they'll say, this is it, you know, and and the plant. And then you sit and pray with the plant. And um, it's really, it's how you're collecting that essence is through a, um, is through the prayer, but through, through water, where we've collected water from close to the plant, usually. Sometimes we bring in our own water when we're in the desert, you know, And we know we're not going to find that very easily, but, um, and you collect the, you know, some of the flowers from the plant and you put it in the water. And then as the sun rises, that comes into your crystal bowl with the flowers and you are able to, um, the, the plant energy goes into that water. And so that's a flower essence then, you know, um, mm-hmm. and it's usually takes a few hours of that with a prayer. Then you, you ask when it's done and, uh, when it's done, then we can decant it. We, we take it then and we, um, we decant it with about 50% alcohol. Uh, we have organic brandy that we actually go out to a farm and, Colorado, um, a biodynamic farm and they make it for us. So, um, everything in the process is very pure. And, uh, but then what happens then, um, through that prayer, I've received all the information about what that plant is going to be helpful for. And so then, um, the you know, and and that's that's really the key thing because if you're not getting that information, you're getting you're getting something wonderful, I'm sure. But um, the information is what is going to help other people because then they know. Oh, I can take that when I'm when I'm angry. I can take that, you know, essence. You know, when I'm distraught, when I'm uh, when I've had a terrible loss, um, and. Uh, my dog has to come in here to join me. Um, so anyway, yeah, I don't know if this is what you're asking me to talk about, but this is what I do. And uh, it's been quite a journey. We've had just so many, many experiences in making these essences. And, um, and I think the gift that they give us is that spiritual gift, um, the gift that helps to balance your emotions. Um, and Mm. plants have always offered that to us. I think that in earlier times, we wouldn't have to take little bottles and little drops of tincture under our tongue, um, because we were just in nature all the time. Mm. Um, but because we, um, because we aren't anymore at all, we are living, you know, in, in very well now quarantined, but very, you know, uh, very much away from nature in our houses and our cars and our office buildings. And, uh, we just get these little glimpses of nature and even so if it's city nature, you know, there's a lot of concrete and, and, uh, other things around too. So, so it's a way for nature to continue to help us and continue to support us. And, and I believe that, you know, we're not, um, We're not here by ourselves. We're here as, um, you know, part of this earth with all of the support around us and uh, that we just need to get back to that in every way we can.
0: That's exactly what we were, I mean, this is, I don't know how recently you read this book, but you're like, in this book, this is exactly what, this book is about it's well
5: I'm, I'm going to tell you the truth i've actually i've actually never read the book my husband did <laughs> it's, about, it's, about it's like I, I when he told me about it I, he said well this is just you mary and I. Right. It,
0: it really is it's, it's incredible yeah. so so if you mm-hmm. can if you can put words to it when you say they call me or they tell me what they need What is that like Mm -hmm. in something that you just knew from a young age, or did you have a notebook with you and you got sensations or did you have a dream or how do you get to know what is the sensation of getting to know a plant?
5: (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Yeah. I, I've been talking with plants and and animals and nature for, since I was a little tiny girl. Um, But And, you know, so I didn't really know that it was unusual or this is, but it's definitely gotten more profound, you know, now, um, and I even look at the, the first flower essences we made in the writings and I see that, you know, they're short, relatively, I mean, they're maybe a I don't know, half page long or page filled information I'm getting now. So obviously there's, there's been either I'm a better listener or I don't really know, you know, but, yeah. but I think with all of this though, I think what I want to say to other people is that there is definitely some um, learn skill and it's not like I'm saying I'm this special person and no one else can do this. There what you have to do is you have to just start listening, just start recognizing this is real. And, um, these, I'm not just making this up. You know, I've got a million stories about, you know, that can show you that I'm not just making this up because there's, you know, so many things will start happening. Um, and then, yeah, sit, sit with a plant, sit with a tree, just, just, um start to meditate with it and see what happens um journal you know write down impressions and if it's just a few words that's fine because that's a start i I do believe that this opens up the skill will open up more and more um, I know that um little children frequently are doing this and they frequently see auras and if they're not told by some that that that's not true you know um it'll continue and I somehow Mm -hmm. escaped a lot of that that's not true because I I don't know you know
3: I think what was interesting in the book is he he also said I'm just a regular person I don't have any special powers or Mm -hmm. abilities but I think the fact that he was open and willing to learn, that seems like you have a similar story.
5: Yeah. And I, and I think that it's, um, you, there's definitely a honing of your skills. Mm-hmm. You you have to work at it. I mean, I've been, I've had a, a practice for, oh, probably just over 35 years. And, um, you know, where I've seen clients and help them with their health issues. Um, and, you know, I'm just so faster and able to recognize things and feel things, you know, because I'm, I'm putting my attention there. And if you're not putting your attention there, then it's really not going to change. But if you are and you work at it and, you, and it's important to you and you recognize that this is, it's important, I think, that we get back to this on planet Earth, you know, that we, we get back to our, you know, all this nature that supports us. Yeah, you know, we we start to get those relationships right again.
0: Yeah. Amen. Yeah the 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 interesting thing that I realized reading this book and actually talking to someone after I saw you the last time, and they said because I told them that I I never really go to doctors and i don't worry too much about health insurance and all this stuff but the kind of people i do go to are more are more intuitive healers they're either body workers or acupuncturists and somebody's like well show me the evidence that that works and i'm like well i i never go to the doctor that's my evidence <laughs> is, is i and the and the idea of like every there's there's a conversation in the book about, it's, it's, you're so in this book, Mary, you, you're just like exactly in the book right there. He's having a conversation about people that need proof. They need proof, you know, mm-hmm. and it's like, well, the, every patient interaction is proof, and yeah. other things just aren't proof so it, you can say well where's the evidence of that it's like well i'm healed that is the evidence so whatever chart you need to see or like i have never been the person that needed to see that chart you know and even now like yeah knowing that some people will be diagnosed with a virus other people will be sick but not diagnosed with the virus other people will be not sick and never know, you know, and it's realizing like mm-hmm. the evidence and then how that person goes about their life in fear or health. We, we have to right. kind of re- realize it's going to be a mystery
3: Yeah.
0: also. It, it could be that, y- you know, there's all kinds of ways that illness and fear and nature and, you know, are interacting. Mm-hmm yeah
5: I think that the good deal of, um, a good deal of a good deal of the things that are actually real are invisible you know um, I mean your emotions are invisible the your thoughts are invisible the, the, you know no one's asking you to prove those things you know whether or not they're real you know they, they exist and you know, its music is invisible you know the way you feel about art is invisible uh, i i think we've we've been through that period where we where just wanna uh, you know nail everything down and pull it apart and analyze it and you know um but we have to get back to like the age of magic the age of recognizing that these that they're that things just can simultaneously happen you know yeah. it, you can um, you can heal by having a good conversation. I mean, you know, there's so many things that can heal you that are really not on the list. (laughs) And, um, I definitely, when your emotions go down, you know, you can go down. And when you get into fear and worry and stress, you can get sick. You know, people get sick all the time from that. Um, so we have to we have to start going. Okay, who are all these people just giving us all this mm-hmm. negative information? Do we even want to be listening to that all the time, or do we want to go with our heart? Uh, you know, our heart. You know, says that you know, there's a beautiful sunrise. Or,
0: mm-hmm. Amen. Bye. Yeah. Yeah. I'm having trouble theoretically with the quarantine, like on one hand, mm-hmm. I'm work from home and I consider myself a responsible citizen and I'm good at sort of entertaining myself and managing my health on my own. I make good decisions, <laughs> you know, I get mm-hmm. up and go to bed at the same time every day. And, but on the other hand... I feel like fear and loneliness are not healthy situations. And If you put a giant population into a state of fear and loneliness, and then you feed that sense of fear and loneliness. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's long-term good for the population, you know? So mm-hmm. all of a sudden the population going into fear and loneliness and then using their losing their sense of youthfulness or their sense of, like connections to others. Um, I feel like we're missing uh, some piece of healing right now. You know, there's the germ part, but then there's the spirit soul part. And Mm -hmm. Mary, I don't know if I've ever asked you before, do you know Shinasi Rose? No. Yes. So I had this experience with Shinasi that just popped into my head that is now reminding me that I have had experiences like this. I was in this like, you know, this women's group. We met on Monday nights and we, and we did these ceremonies together. And in one of them, um, I always, this whole year I was having sore throats and neck pain and Mm -hmm. Shinasi was trying to explain, you know, trying to help me to see that um, I wasn't communicating, like my my mind and body were separate. Mm-hmm. So all this was like clogged and upset. And that's what mm-hmm. was causing it. And other people were going, uh, you need a decongestant and you need um, to put your head over steam. And Shunasi was going, I think there's something that you're not expressing. And because you're holding it in, it's like, this is all sore and clogged. It's not going to be right until you free up this part of your body. And I felt like I couldn't get there and I couldn't get there. Then we had kind of a, a group journey where we're all laying around and we beat a drum and we, you know, she burned things around us and we all laid down and closed our eyes and we went into like a dream state with Shunasi going, you know, leading us into kind of a meditation, Mm -hmm. went into a dream state, and then she sort of brought us out of it. And we were all told to, like, draw our journal. And my drawing was this very specific, like, me camping next to a river or living next to a tree by a river and sort of like a grandmother spider that was connected Mm -hmm. to all the stars communicating with me. And communicating with the water. And mm-hmm. I woke up and I drew it all out. And and Shunasi came up to me and said, did you talk to Grandmother Spider? <laughs> and I was kind of like, yeah. And she goes, yeah. <laughs> that was nice. Like, she just, I had a dream. She came up and asked me about <laughs> Like it was no big deal, and I was like, "Oh, okay." And what I realized was, at that time in my life, I was working so hard. I, mean, I was just like, everything about work. No, everything was about my mind, and nothing was about my body. And mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I couldn't express what I thought because of the situation I was in. And it took this sort of spirit journey, dream state, to basically let me know mm-hmm. that at my soul and physical self were split and that I was in a need to express that wholeness and I couldn't figure it out and I kept getting sick. And it was just this, I couldn't, anyway, that's one of my sort of spirit healing stories. Mm-hmm. I was trying to keep my throat, but what it was was like my body being disconnected from my spirit and my mm-hmm. like, yeah
5: yeah yeah I think that you know you go back to indigenous healers they always recognize that first and they recognize the 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 spirit connection it's not just a physical thing you know we're not and we are have been taught that you know we have this these physical manifestations but they have nothing to do with our spirit <laughs> you know they have nothing to do with with how you're living your life or your' Um, I mean, you go to the doctor, they never ask you that, you know, they're just, it's just. Well, and
2: something else in the book that, um, that stuck out to me was about, um, a lot of the stories that he was giving were about, um, issues with the land that you're living on or, you know, came to my mind, you know, issues with the water that we're ingesting Mm -hmm. on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. And these these factors that are even outside of our control that happened before we got there are currently happening. Mm-hmm. We may not be hundred percent involved in, but on some levels we are and you know mm-hmm. and just the complexity of the whole picture that that, mm-hmm. that painted for me just on a completely different level that um, I guess I've thought about on a smaller level, as we hear you know often from Native Americans about us being on their land. You know, I used to live in Boulder. And there, I don't know if anyone's familiar with this. They they talk about Naiwat's curse. Naiwat was a chief of the of the um, group that lived there, and they talked about what you know with the white people coming and, and what they did with the lands and and they talk about it all the time. Like, oh, that's Naiwat's curse, you know. And it was just really interesting because mm-hmm. um, so I've had that concept on some level, but really starting to see it a little bit more clearly um, from this book.
4: Yeah.
1: And just the mm-hmm. fact that a lot of times, you know, I, at the beginning, he kind of talked about this as well, that we often think, like, about the same uh, common plants that, would, that we'd usually use or some exotic plants or something that we have to, like, go out and find or order from somewhere yeah. um, when a lot of the plants we need, especially just from being here, like, from having Mich- lived in Michigan my whole life, like, the plants here in Mich- Michigan are going to be so much more helpful to me than... Yeah you know, yeah. any plant or herb from like a different part of the country or even of the world. Like it really is right. like in our backyards, you know?
5: Mm. Right. Really true. I, I'm going to have to leave because I'm, I'm looking and I've only got like 5% battery left. and So, so I just wanted to, yeah, I'm sorry. I don't have a cord in this room. So um, I wanted to say goodbye instead of just disappear. Well, I I'm eating. so grateful.
0: I'm so grateful. Yeah.
5: yeah. Yes. Well, thank you for inviting
0: yeah. me. This is fun. You know. Mm-hmm. So, you guys, she is Sacred Essences, Mary Walters. If you want to go learn more about what she does, and thank you. Awesome. For-
5: yeah. There's a lot of. Uh, you can go to our website, sacredessences.com, or Great Lakes Sacred Essences.com, either. And. um there's a lot of information on there. You can read the stories from the plants and just get a little bit more information on, on, and you can, you know, put in the search bar an emotion or something that you're dealing with. And and then the plants that could help will show up. So um, we tried to, we tried to make the website as a place of healing, whether or not you ever, See me or buy anything or Mm -hmm. whatever that there would be healing right there and that's awesome. That is so. Anyway, okay. Thank you for inviting me. Bye, Mary. You guys take care. All right. (laughs) (laughs) All right.
0: Bye. -bye. Um, So I have to tell you that Mary, you know, she'll. She'll. She's got these great big drawers, and there are little jars in them with little things in the jars, and she's like touching them. And then she'll look over at me, and then she'll touch, and then she'll touch the jars. And she's not selling anything out of these jars. She's just kind mm-hmm. of like, okay, it seems like this thing is out of balance, and maybe you need to make this right physically, and maybe you know the end. And the first time I saw her, I was still in that place of going, is this pretend? You know, is this pretend? But that was an era of my life when I was trusting more healers and just believing what doctors said that wasn't helping, you know? Like, and it was kind of the era of my life where I sort of really lost trust about Western style medicine. Mainly because of the spiritual element, you know, of it. Um geez, I'm gonna see if I can do that. There we go. Okay. So yeah. Yeah. Hey, did you guys remember reading chocolate candles in here? Chocolate candles. What what is that? Is that a thing? Have you heard oh, that before? He said Mm-mm. he lights a chocolate candle during a couple of these ceremonies, and I'm like, "What? Is that? I don't remember that, but I want to know." <laughs> I don't remember that either. Hmm. He, you know, he will say like, and then I had to make an offering of chocolate candles, and I'm like, hmm. "Chocolate on? Is that melted chocolate?" Sounds really <laughs> wonderful. Really wonderful. I thought something else
1: um, was super cool, too. Um, so in the second part of the book, because I thought it's just another thing, like connecting the earth and the earth's current state to this book, too. But um, he's a quote in here on page 97, and he says, From our first day to our last, we conduct an intimate relationship with Mother Earth through our mouths. As an organ of eating, our mouth is an extension of our stomach, and so our stomach keeps us connected to Mother Earth. And then he talks about, like, your mental diet and, um, like, being able to sympathize. And then he also talks about, like, breastfeeding and, like, the mother aspect of it. Um, And, like, a really nurturing way, but also just a really, like, realistic way about how the things we take in... um, are really disconnected from like the nurture that the earth and plants are really trying to provide us and how that also like spills over into the way that society thinks about women and about motherhood um, and in general and that power. So I thought that was super interesting just from a more like large scale perspective of plants and the earth. Oh yeah. Oh
0: yeah. There was a great, Ah, where's the earth checker? Hold on. There's this wonderful. also
1: also just the way that, you know, the pandemic kind of started, you know, with, you know, the killing of animals in a really crazy way, you know, just, Mm -hmm. yeah, the the meat market, the fish market, all of it globally um, being on a really, in a really terrible space, you know, that's, that's where disease starts, you know. Um, Yeah. Mm -hmm.
3: Yeah
2: yeah, I've been thinking a lot about that too. and I think, um I'm not sure where I was reading about it or listening about it or something, but really about the imbalance of our system, like the imbalance on this is pointing out imbalance on just every single level, but but you know the base of that is the imbalance of the relationship that we have with the earth, right? It's really, and this book pointing out that it's more about the relationship, you know.
0: um here it is i'm going to read this because i love it i love it so this is if you want to reference it it's the first page of the earth chapter page 59 before i was born my beautiful dark brown mother longed for me she wanted to feel me suckling at her breast she waited a long time for my arrival many centuries perhaps until at last she could wait no longer she removed two lumps of flesh from her own body and modeled them into a young man and a young woman she made these young beautiful people in each other's eyes and they joined together to bring forth a child which was me at last i had arrived how happy my beautiful dark brown mother was how contented now that i had arrived though there was work to be done for i was hungry and started crying for something to eat My mother caused the hairs of her beautiful dark brown body to grow green and tall and to bear fruits and seeds. She made these foods beautiful and gave my eyes to feast on their beauty. She made them fragrant and gave me a nose to appreciate their perfume. She made them tasty and gave me tongue to taste their exquisite flavors. She made them nutritious and gave me a stomach to digest their juices and turn my mother's flesh into my own. My beautiful dark brown mother knows that if I were to stray from her, I would soon become weak and emaciated. For this reason, she keeps me with her, always pressing her body against the soles of my feet. I feel her underneath me and I know where I am and where I stand. Since we are together constantly, I am learning from her example. She understands me and this shows me how to understand others. She feeds me, so I am learning to feel secure and open-handed. She has never abandoned me, so I have learned loyalty. She has never forgotten me, so I have learned how to remember. Perhaps memory is the greatest gift she has given me because it's the only one I can give her in return. This is your story, too. You and I have the same beautiful dark brown mother. Let us give the best thanks a grateful child can offer. Beautiful dark brown mother, we remember you with love. Isn't that beautiful? And it's really, yeah, it's really great. Yeah.
3: Beautiful.
0: What did you guys think of Mary coming on? Amazing. It
3: seemed like the book was almost about her.
2: Oh, my
0: God.
3: Did this book get you thinking about
2: people, I wonder? Because as I started reading this book, I thought of my daughter. Because um, all of a sudden I started understanding a lot more about what she's doing with plants. and I never really understood what she was doing. And so I just kept thinking of her the whole time. And it sounds like just like this woman, Mary. Did you guys all have like somebody in mind? I mean, obviously, Shelly, you probably were thinking of Mary
0: since you well, know of her. Mary and Shunasi. And Shunasi. And actually, you know. Diana Quinn. That's who
2: I think of is Diana Quinn.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, um, it's interesting because those when she was talking about the plant essences, that's exactly what I was talking about before where Luciana, my friend, has been making. Oh,
2: yeah. You did say that.
1: Yeah. But I've never heard of anyone else really doing that. I always thought it was like, wow, this is, you know, like she's really doing. But it's crazy that, yeah, I, I had no idea that even someone in our area is, is working in that realm. And that like deep connection level too, like when she was just talking about the years of experience and listening, it took her to get mm-hmm. to that place of sensitivity. You know, we're so desensitized to it. Yes. And there's a plant right right here next to me, but it's like, you know, I, I'm not like thinking about like my constant relationship with this plant, even sitting right. next to it, you know, in the right sharing. So that sensitization is something that I think would be cool to work on.
0: Absolutely. Do you guys, oh, what's that? So these are, these are um, ones that Mary made. Oh, I see. I saw that on her website. I saw that. I looked at it. Like, nice. spray this over me. And this one is like balance. If you, She's like, she made this to balance you out if you're on your cell phone or computer a lot. And then this one is called Shelly. <laughs> because this was one. That, okay, I think I know what what it is that you need and I have no idea what's in here I was just <laughs> going, okay I trust you you trust her I do. well so
2: it's got me thinking um Ana from what you just said and, and, and the conversations that we've been having and, and is like the how like how you know do we get more connected and how do we listen and I liked one of the things about this book I really liked um at the beginning, when he was giving the example of, okay, so you get into a quiet place, you get a drum beat going, you get that dream going, you imagine going underground. Do you remember that? Of like a, That was an actual tool. And I actually started to use this tool a little bit. Um, And I'm kind of excited to actually have a tool in order to do this because I really, really want to deepen that connection now that I have this understanding of a completely different level of how that can happen.
1: Yeah.
2: I'm curious if you guys picked up on anything else in the book or know any other tools. The other thing I mentioned already, I believe psychedelic is a tool for this type of... Oh, yeah. ...mechanism also. But I'm curious if you guys picked up on anything else. Or or no from other I think dreams is an important route. Yeah. People that again,
3: I'm just speaking about things in the African American community, but mm-hmm. yeah. dreams wasn't has been a tool. Yeah. Music, they use drums in different cultures, but we definitely use music and mm-hmm. and and I think what's gonna happen is it's gonna be finding a way that works for each individual. But I've mm-hmm. used dreams myself. Mm-hmm. or or feel, touch, touching and feeling and reading energy, that type of thing. But I think it's going to be different for each individual. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, dream, dreams have always been... Um, I've had this... I don't know if you guys have ever used this. Brandy, maybe you've used this. But there's this thing that I used to have a big physical copy of when I was a teenager through probably... 30 years old, but now it's online, but it's called the Dream Moods Dictionary. And I started waking up and writing my dreams down probably 30 years ago, at least. And, mm-hmm. and they're so vivid. And especially after I've been thinking about this a lot, Julie, I think I told you about, um, so Julie, Brandy, Julie and I had this psychedelic experience together that was pretty profound and for the month after it my dreams were so vivid and so profound and almost a little too intense (laughs) for a while but um Julie I don't know if you remember me telling you about being the bird on the mountain you know like like being a Like a hawk or something on a Mm -hmm, mm mountaintop. But Mm -hmm. then swooping down over the earth and sort of the wheat and the chaff, like things falling and people being drawn up out of the earth and flying with me. Do you remember this? I feel like I vaguely. I remember something about a bird. Yeah, Yeah, I don't know. (laughs) But But it was a very (laughs) profound sense of, whew really weird to think about it now but sort of a um a thinning of the herd wow it. really yeah wow. like do you know what i mean it was like an a, a, a bird sweep picture a huge bird with a super long wingspan sweeping over a field and out of the field is like souls coming up and they're either falling wow. or they're flying along with the bird. Right. Like falling or flying of people. And I woke up with this profound kind of that felt like a reckoning foreshadow of some sort. Kind of like we will be separated from the chaff thought or dream, you know. Thing, yeah, because at the time I was like, I had not had to, you know, sometimes you have dreams that sort of fall into a category of, oh, that's the dream where I'm in my old bedroom, or that's the dream where I don't have any pants on, or whatever it is. But everyone saw it's like a Brahma bull standing on top of a post, you know, it's just such a strange image, yes, yes, yes. And then sometimes I think, uh, there there was this, uh, image in the book about a man retracing the journey of another man do you you know how did you know the way he said oh I went back to where he was oh yes yes ran alongside him so I don't know have you ever experienced this when you're falling asleep or starting to dream have you ever experienced where you look in the mirror and you're, uh, you're people from a bunch of different cultures Do you know what I mean? Like you're looking in the mirror and you're Aztec or you're Mayan or whatever. And you're just looking in the mirror and that's what you see. Have you ever had that experience? Really? Yeah, no, I haven't. (laughs) You have. It's it's fairly common to where I'll like start going into a dream and I'll think, do you know what I mean? I'm, I'm someone else. I'm someone else from, do you, do you know what I mean? From a completely different time and time. <laughs> just from you telling us. I have no idea what you mean, but that
1: sounds like really profound.
2: <laughs> I mean, but we hear you We're we're taking it in. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. Well,
2: I mean, but just
1: this, the fact that like those dream experiences can lead us into just answers um, or solutions that we may have never even imagined, you know, and, and other life experiences, too, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. I think that, you know, I'm re-inspired by, like, talking about this book to try to have some plant experiences um, in, my, in my dream soon. So mm-hmm. I'm going to try to start manifesting that.
2: Yes.
0: Yeah. I know. I wish I'd asked Mary, or maybe you too. didn't know, because in the winter, or like right now, when you walk around outside, there's grass and there's trees. But I felt like I need to trust more that what I need is nearby.
1: It's but- interesting you say that because when I got a recent um, plant essence from Luciana, she it was like during the winter and I was telling her about how I wanted to start connecting with each of the individual plants that she was including. Um... In the, I call it a potion, plant potion. Um, This is like olive, star of Bethlehem, um, some other ones I forget off the top of my head. But she said the winter is actually one of the best times to really do that because then, like, you can still have that connection with that plant. But when you, when it, everything thaws and it becomes spring and it becomes warm again, she said it's going to be that much stronger when you encounter the plant mm. um or other plants you know mm. oh really hmm. almost the absence of them like them develop. Kind
0: of. yeah you know what though, julie you're kind of a plant healer i mean you know how to
2: put you your... know what's really funny is i probably would have said that i would have been like oh yes you know but after reading this book i'm like i know nothing i know absolutely nothing right. so um, um
1: That's an awesome place to be. (laughs) (laughs) I I feel the same way after reading this book every time. (laughs) Yeah,
2: yeah, I know absolutely nothing. And so I have to rethink all of that. You know, not like I'm going to change what I do. I'm very clear in my path about what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, just,
0: you know. But when you encounter someone like Mary, it's such a matter of fact kind of. Spirit gift, right? I mean, I just trust it. I just trust. Mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't. I would never ask her for proof. <laughs> that would be <laughs> so insulting, you know, because she's they <laughs> just a wise woman. I there's mm-hmm. no for me to ask.
3: But this, the interesting thing is, if you don't believe, it wouldn't work, which would lead to you not to believe after that so you have to have that open mind like he was saying these western pharmaceuticals not believing and doing the spiritual piece so i know it doesn't work you can't convince somebody i don't think
0: yeah yeah
2: and those are the people working so hard to convince you you do notice that, right? they're the ones doing all the research to like show it back in your face to you know to tell you that it's working like as if it's not enough just in itself you know, things should be speaking for themselves as to if they're working or not, right?
0: Yeah, so I think what's so important about this book right now is that at some point, we're going to have to decide when to go out and see people again, right? That's Mm -hmm. a real thing. It's a real, Mm -hmm. real thing right now. And we're going to have to decide whether to be scared of each other. Mm -hmm. Um... Because right now people are scared of each other. And Mm -hmm. how long they stay scared of each other is eventually going to be a choice. You know, because what if the government told us today, right? Let's say you're putting your faith in the government for whatever reason. Um, (laughs) If the government told us today you could go back out, would you feel safe? Nope. Probably not, right? But... If, if you enter, so the, the whole like evidence of a patient interaction, when I think about it, I'm like, well, if I go hang out with someone and then we don't get sick, we're fine. Right. That's the life. That's the reality that I'm living. If you go spend time with these people, we're both fine. Like what makes that us being together and fine different than two months ago when we were together and fine? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because we're at some point we're gonna have to have faith that the earth is going to keep us safe if we trust and live in balance. And that's an interesting place where we are right now. Because yeah. at some point it's going to be a choice of fear or or trust. Mm-hmm. And we touch each other. Can we breathe the same air?
2: Mm-hmm. You know? And this book really is based on that. It's based on the balance of the earth systems, right? Which is where we're finding ourselves right now. And yeah. what's amazing is that the answer to come out of this, and you know what's really cool about it? I This is a message that I keep hearing over and over and over again. From all different fields and all different healers and all different researchers and, and just people in general, all people, is that this is sort of that, that, like, hopefully that tipping point where we can make that connection, right, back into mm-hmm. earth and, and awareness and consciousness. And um, each other. I think we treat plants the way we treat each other. As humans. Yes. Yes. And maybe even better because sometimes we're not always very good at treating each other very well
1: yeah i think another um another thing that, that i'm thinking about is you know maybe asking the earth uh to help us as well you know everyone individually because the earth also wants to heal you know and uh it's going to like continue with or without us <laughs> mother earth is not gonna stop just because yeah we're on some weird ego trip like as a as a um, it's a population, but, um, yeah, I think the earth could offer us like a lot of healing. I think there's a lot of, you know, that giving and, and asking and receiving and, uh, all of that interconnectedness that would really make the situation a lot better. Good point. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So that's something I will recommit to. I feel like the first couple of days, I was reading this book. I had this prayer kind of going for healing, but it was it was more like, "Show us, show us how to heal, and let us see, and let us be open to seeing, and let us, you know." Um, but I got away from that. <laughs> I think I got away from that specific. But it's something I want to recommit to because the picture of us being healed and being back in each other's presence and not being afraid of each other and not being afraid of, of things, both of those pictures have to be held and repeated and focused on, I think, because otherwise there's fear being fed. Yep. Mm Mm-hmm if people are thinking about sickness and fear, mostly then it's being manifested on this great scale you know, so anyway I'm gonna gonna make that intention, you know for the next week at least, just what is is the picture of us being healed as a world right now and what does it look like on the other side? Mm-hmm. How soon do we want to get there? And what are we willing to let fall away mm. in order to get there? And how are we going to have to help each other? And, you know, um, yeah. So, uh, wow, you guys, that was fun. Thank you so much.
2: Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, I really want to thank you for the, um, uh, for the push to read this book. As I mentioned to you, Shelly, before, I'm so excited about it. Um, and I'm not a big reader, and so I, I can't tell you whether I would have crossed paths with this book, you know, um, otherwise. So I really thank you guys for, the, the, for having it on Reads and Weeds and inviting me to participate, because now I know the book. Yeah. We had a great discussion today. This was
0: lovely. Yeah, yeah. so glad. I'm so glad you guys got to meet Mary. I'm so glad you got to meet Brandy, and that you all got to meet each other. Mm-hmm. And,
3: Everybody and, you had is really interesting. It's somebody I want to.
0: I'm going to be dealing with in the future. You know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, this is what I love about doing this. Is last night I had me, my friend Brian Cox, who edits a, a legal journal and uh he just wrote a mystery that got put into best mysteries of 2020 or something it's really interesting kind of sci-fi near futurism cool shit about a anyway and then my friend chris who's been doing the show with me i've known her since the fourth grade she lives in uh in boulder and My friend Lauren, who lives in Chicago and is a publisher for the National Restaurant Association, works in the Sears Tower downtown Chicago. And by the end of our, nobody, none of them had met before. They all knew me, but they didn't know each other. But by the end of our show last night, we had a Google spreadsheet and sort of like a writer's club goal list. <laughs> where we all, have, <laughs> okay. we all have writing assignments and like, because um, we started talking about Brian as a writer and then Chris was talking about things, things she's working on and Lauren was talking about how she's a technical writer. And so mm. this, uh, this is a dream come true for me, having these little pockets of interesting people talking to each other and getting to know each other. It's a dream come true, and uh, sometimes I like I do it as a podcast because really um, I think I tried for years and years to say let's get together in little pockets and have intentional conversations, and nobody is as responsive. Right. Um, <laughs> podcast people are like, oh, okay, I'm doing a show, you know, so <laughs> so they'll show up. So um, it's, but, but it's worth it. It's worth it because we're, we're, you know, we're keeping our minds open and we're, um, we're staying connected, which is, which is huge. And when I put this out, I don't know when it'll be, but uh, I want to know where you are listening. I want to know if you're okay out there. I want to know what your situation is, where you're living. I want to know what you're reading. I want to know if you want to read with us um Mm -hmm. i want to come see you give you a big messy hug (laughs) and share your (laughs) um but until we can do that then just like look for us on facebook and instagram and tell us what you're doing so that we can keep in touch and uh yeah and we're going to keep doing it this way and sound quality and technical glitches be damned. We're gonna just keep doing it and figuring out how to send it to you and gathering people together. So um, thank you so much Take for being outside. here on Zoom, we and uh, thank Nobody you are know, listening to us. See
4: y'all so all later. Be
3: blessed.
0: You too. You
4: too. <laughs> you too. Bye. 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 See you. Take me outside. Sit in the green garden. Oh. Of a butterfly high as a tree top down again putting my bag down taking my shoes off walking the carpet a green velvet